been a while, but let me remind you of some things that we've talked about. And I really like the symbolism that we've kind of talked about. I want to start with the symbol of the compass, because I think there's a lot of symbolism in the compass. We've been using this to say there is a personal line of communication and a priesthood line of communication. And recognizing that is important because one thing we're starting to realize is some things come through the priesthood line and some things come through the personal line. But one of the very best ways to increase the, what comes through the personal line is to take advantage of what comes through the priesthood line. There's a relationship. For example, Ashley just went on a mission. Where did that revelation come? That was a priesthood line revelation. You didn't pick... Argentina, did you? Probably wouldn't have chosen Argentina. But do you see the, the wisdom in the Lord sending you to Argentina now? And so there's a priesthood line benefit that resulted in a whole lot of personal line communication. Had you been unwilling to go on a mission, or if you hadn't taken advantage of that priesthood line opportunity, it would have, you wouldn't have had the same amount of personal revelation. And that's true in all of our lives. And one of the things that we've talked about that came through the priesthood line is revelation to prophets, revelation to past prophets, scripture. And so the last thing we talked about was I can increase my revelation by studying the scriptures. By taking advantage of something that came through the priesthood line, I increase personal then the other theme, the other symbol we've been talking about is this symbol, the cross, a very common symbol of Christianity. But the point we were making is the flow of information from heaven has a lot to do with what I do on the sides. And we've been talking about Abinadi and Noah and some of the problems, some, one of the reasons I don't get the flow of revelation that I'd like to is because I let the, right, the wrong people in or I don't let the right people in. And so same idea, one of the things I don't fully let into my life that would have a tremendous influence on revelation is scriptures. So that was our last topic is being diligent and purposeful with the scriptures in order to receive more revelation. It's a very simple thing that I can do that increases revelation. So what I want to do today, picking that up, I know that I'm not talking to primary kids who need to be taught how to read the scriptures. I am talking to brilliant young single adults who need to be taught how to read the scriptures but I'm gonna crank it up to a notch. Please allow a 30-year professional scripture teacher to share what I've learned about studying the scriptures. Because I believe there is a secret that if you understand the secret, unlocks personal revelation in the scriptures. So allow me to teach you how to study the scriptures better, how to get more out of the scriptures. So turn with me to section 15 of the Doctrine and Covenants. 
Doctrine and Covenants section 15. The Lord tried early to teach this lesson. I don't know if you've ever caught this as you've read the Doctrine and Covenants, but turn to section 15. There's only six verses, so pick one, any one of the six and read it. Or skim through all six, whichever you'd like. But familiarize yourself with section 15. Everyone good? Now turn to section 16. What do you notice? Hiram, what do you notice? It's essentially the same. Not essentially. Other than one word, they are identical. Word for word, section 15 and section 16 are identical. The only difference is to whom they were given. The Lord gave two people the exact same revelation. Now, can you think of any other section in the Doctrine and Covenants that's repeated? Not one. This is the only repeat. So why would he repeat it? Was the material so valuable that it's worth repeating? If I'm going to repeat a section, it's not 15. What section would you repeat? Four? I'd repeat 93. But not 15. So why repeat it? It's not the content that is valuable. It's the context. Let me see if I can point out. I'm going to use shapes. John's first, right? John's 15. John Whitmer is in this circumstance. That shape represents the circumstance of his life. And he gets a message that matches that circumstance. I'm going to make those match, sorry. He gets a message that matches that circumstance. Now, if Peter Whitmer got the same message, what's our assumption? Peter was in the same circumstance. Now, as an illustration, can you name the other Whitmer brother? John Whitmer, Peter Whitmer Jr. Who's the other Whitmer brother, the more famous one? David. Go back to section 14 was to David. How many verses? Is it six verses? Why does David not get the same message when his two brothers do? Because God loves David more than John and Peter? No, because different circumstance. Therefore, different revelation. He's going to be one of the three witnesses. These are not. Now, do you see the key? Heavenly Father in the scriptures, Heavenly Father, when he talks about priesthood revelation, does not speak to the person. He speaks to the circumstance. Therefore what, Ashley? Therefore what? This is the ding, 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 ding. Oh my goodness, the light just went on. Therefore, anytime I'm in that same circumstance, I can accept that as a revelation given to me. If I, if I, Bryce Dunford, were in that exact same circumstance and went to President Nelson and he walks into the Holy of Holies and he gets a revelation, what would it say? 
word for word, what would it say? Section 15 and 16. Do you see the secret? Oh my goodness, does that now unlock scriptures. Anytime I'm in the same circumstance, I can accept that revelation as personal for me. Now, do you realize what the scriptures just did? All you have to do is find someone in your same circumstance, and then you ask, what was the message for that circumstance? Not what did God say to them, what was the message to that circumstance, and there's my message. That is the most powerful thing I think I could teach you about studying the scriptures, is that Heavenly Father speaks to the circumstance. Now, because I have a recently returned missionary, let's do that circumstance. How long has it been, Hiram? A little over a month. You've been home for a little, okay, so I have two. Let me speak to that circumstance, ready? You two online, hang on, we'll talk about yours in just a minute. Let's talk about that circumstance. Turn to section 31. Doctrine and Covenants 31, verse three, tell me about the circumstance. What's the circumstance here? Thomas B. Marsh is in what circumstance? Section 31, verse 3. What is it, Ashley? The hour of his mission has come. What's the circumstance? He's called on a mission. Now, if we're really going to get really specific, verse 1 and 2, what's his concern? He's a little nervous about serving a mission because he's nervous about leaving his family. So every person who is nervous about leaving their family or maybe nervous about a future family, tell me that wasn't an issue. If I go on a mission, am I losing? What about my future? And maybe a girlfriend I left home or I'm worried about leaving my family, but it's time to go on a mission. This section is not for Thomas B. Marsh. This section is for anyone in that same circumstance. So go to verse 5. Speaking of two people who were recently in that circumstance, the Lord says, everyone in that circumstance. He says, here's an if-then statement. What's the if? What's the if? If you thrust in your sickle with all your soul, if you thrust in your sickle, did you work hard? If you did, everyone in that circumstance gets three things. What are they? Number one, your sins are forgiven you. Do you understand that? You walked off that plane sinless. Now, how do I know that? How do I know? How do I have confidence in that? Because God said that to someone in the same circumstance I was in. Therefore, that promise is my promise. 
Do you see the power of the scriptures? I walk, you walked off that plane, forgiven of all sin. Hiram does not have a sin older than a month. That's a powerful promise, right? Now, promise number two. I was worried about leaving school and scholarships and all of that, and now I have to go figure that out. And the Lord says, look, I'll do what? Ashley, who came home in the middle of a semester, he says what in verse, what's the second promise? You'll be laden with sheaves. Let me help you. I will help you with your harvest. You sense the temporal blessings, you will be laden with sheaves. I will help you with school and work and all those things. And what's the last one? Especially for Thomas B. Marsh, who was a little nervous about leaving his family. What was the promise? Your faithful service in the mission protects them. Your family. Your family. What you don't realize, Ashley, is that you don't know who your eternal companion is, but he does. And your service in the mission field was blessing whom? Your husband. He was being protected because of your service in the mission field. That's a tremendous blessing. Now, how much confidence can you have that that blessing is yours? Enormous confidence if you understand the power of the scriptures. Everyone in that circumstance gets that revelation. Do you see the power? So guess what I've done for 30 years? My job for 30 years has been simply, oh, what circumstance are you in? Okay, let's find it in the scriptures. What circumstance are you? Oh, let's find My job has simply been to point out how my students are in the same circumstance as someone in the scriptures, and therefore there's the answer. Let's do a few examples. We've done one. Let's do one that's not so obvious, because sometimes, sometimes you kind of have to relax your eyes a little bit. And sometimes, let me just give you an example. Sometimes you may not realize it, Because when you first look at it, you're going to say, oh, this is the circumstance of my life. And yet, if you relax your eyes a little bit, what do you see? Sometimes we don't necessarily see the pattern. Let me give you an example of those. Let me give you an example of a complicated circumstance that we have a tendency to maybe not liken ourselves because we don't relax our eyes and we don't see the broader perspective, okay? Tell me about Joseph Smith losing the scriptures, losing the 116 pages, what we affectionately call the 116. The truth is it was a lot more than 116 pages. That's what the replacement text was. Joseph Smith lost some people suggest 200 to 300 pages of scripture. Tell me about the circumstances of that. 
What's the circumstance? We'll make it a diamond over here. Joseph Smith is in what circumstance? He has a possession. He has something that someone wants. And he knows it's not a good idea to give it to them, right? He knows it's not a good idea, but why does he want to? Does he have evil intentions? He has righteous intentions. What are his righteous intentions? Why give the manuscript to Martin Harris? Why make Martin happy? Martin has, and what does Joseph need? What does Joseph not have? Who will pay for the publication of the Book of Mormon? Who will put down the $5,000 to print 3,000 copies of the Book of Mormon? Martin Harris will mortgage his house to pay for the Book of Mormon. So if Martin's not happy, what happens? Do you see the thinking? So Joseph has something that someone else wants. He's tempted to give it to them to do a righteous thing because if I don't, they'll go away and I won't be able to do it. Do you see the circumstance? Now, what was the message? What was the Lord's message when he blew it? Anyone tell me the message? You should have been faithful. You should have feared God more than men. In other words, if Martin Harris had gotten mad and taken his money and laughed, then what, Ashley? If Martin Harris leaves because you don't give him the 116 pages, then what? What's the Lord saying? I would have sent someone else, right? Isn't that the message? If you had been faithful, instead of being so concerned about making them happy, I would have sent someone else. Tell me that's not the message. Do we all agree that was the message? Okay, relax your eyes a little bit. I once taught a young man who got a full ride scholarship to play football at Dartmouth College. Full ride football scholarship at Dartmouth College. He can go to Dartmouth. Do you know what a degree from Dartmouth is gonna be worth to him? And there's no way he could afford that. But now he just has to play football. So he goes to Dartmouth and then he turned 19. This was back in the day. Oh my goodness, do you see it? He has a sacred possession. He's tempted to give it to keep them happy so that he has a righteous desire. Do you see it? What's the sacred possession? Two years of his life. Who wants it? Dartmouth wants it. Why is he tempted to keep Dartmouth happy? If he goes on a mission, they may what? He might lose his scholarship and then there's no way he can afford to, to go to Dartmouth. So what if I don't go on a mission? Lord, I know that's probably not the best thing, but me getting a degree could be a really good thing. So what if I don't go on a mission so, they don't, so I don't lose my scholarship? He's in the same circumstance. He's dadgummit, he's in the exact same circumstance. And who would have ever thought that that young man is in Joseph Smith's circumstance? Unless you relax your eyes a little bit and you realize, wait a minute, that shape is that shape, even though when I'm this close, it doesn't know, I don't notice that. Do you see what I have to do with the scriptures? I've got to pull back and sometimes I have to relax my eyes and see bigger picture. What was the, does this young man know what to do? Does he need a personal revelation to know what to do? Why not? 
Lord's already revealed it. The Lord's already said, you do the right thing. And if they pull your scholarship, what, Hiram? He will provide something else. Now, do you have the faith to trust the promise? And all of a sudden, I'm starting to see lots and lots of people. I had a student who was in a relationship and the other one wanted to go a lot further than that one. But they knew it was wrong. Now, why were they tempted to do it? What's the thinking? I'm tempted to break the law of chastity so they don't leave. Same circumstance. It's so common once you start to relax your eyes a little bit and you can't be right. When you're, when you're in it and you're right here, you don't see it. But when you're back here, you can say, wait a minute, those are the same shape. That's my message. This story is my revelation. I have found my revelation. My personal revelation is found where? In the priesthood line, in the scriptures. Well, he went on a mission. And they didn't pull his scholarship. And he graduated from Dartmouth. But it was a very eye-opening experience to realize he was in Joseph Smith's same circumstance. Do you see our task with the scriptures? Is to see it broad enough to say, okay, I see it. Let's do a couple more. Um, What about those missionaries who went to Finland or Denmark? I have a sweet return missionary, faithfulest young woman, I think, couldn't be a faithfuler young woman. She went to Denmark on her mission. Guess how many people she baptized in Denmark in 18 months? Not one. Now, what's her tendency? Tell me what she's possibly thinking. 18 months was... I failed. It was a waste of time. I failed. Okay, let me show you someone in that same circumstance. And let me tell you the revelation for that circumstance. Go to section 117. Doctrine and Covenants 117. And if you're reading quickly, you're going to miss it. But Oliver Granger was put in that same circumstance. Oliver Granger... After the saints left Kirtland, you remember why we left Kirtland, Ohio? It wasn't persecution from without. It was persecution from within. It was apostasy. So when we left Kirtland, Oliver Granger supposed to sell the first presidency's possessions. Is anyone in Kirtland going to pay top dollar for it? No one will, right? No one's going to pay top dollar for it. And yet Oliver Granger's assignment is to sell the land of the First Presidency. Is he going to fail? Absolutely. Does the Lord know it? He does. Does Oliver know that? He doesn't. So this beautiful circumstance, we'll look at the revelation when the Lord has put you in a circumstance where the Lord knows you're not going to succeed and you're going to think you failed. Verse 12. Section 117, verse 12. Behold, and again I say unto you, 
I remember my servant Oliver Granger. Behold, verily I say unto him, his name shall be had in sacred remembrance from generation to generation. Forever and ever, saith the Lord. Therefore, let him, and the let him is specific, is to you. Let her go on a mission to Denmark. And when he fails, not if, when he fails, he shall rise again. Why? Here's the doctrine for that circumstance. What's the doctrine? For his sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase. Hiram, process that and tell me what you learned. What's the doctrine to the girl who went to Denmark on her mission and didn't baptize a single person? When he fails, he shall rise again, for his sacrifice shall be more sacred to me than his increase. What's he saying, Hiram? What do you read there? I think even when we can't see immediate benefit or blessings, it's always best to give to the Lord what he asks of us. Because what does he value? You're exactly right. What does he value? What was God counting? What was the missionary counting? What was the sister missionary counting? Baptism. And that's not a bad thing to count. That's not a bad thing to count because we need to keep track of that, right? She was counting distance, increase. And the Lord was counting sacrifice. So how valuable was her mission to God? That's the doctrine. His sacrifice shall be more sacred to me than his increase. You and I are constantly measuring where we are, how far we've gone. And we always think, I haven't gone far enough. I've not done enough. Because you're measuring distance. Guess what God is measuring? the number of times you got back up. You're measuring the wrong thing. And the doctrine for that circumstance is measure what God measures. Do you see how to read the scriptures? Now I have taught for 30 years and I will tell you for 30 years, I have watched people come with their circumstances, wondering what to do. And I have never, ever in 30 years not seen a place in the scriptures where they could go and find an answer. The beauty of the scriptures is that every circumstance is covered somehow. Now, you may not see it because you're doing this. And I've done this a lot. That doesn't look like a, 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 a parallelogram. I don't see it. Oh, now I see it. Do you see what we have to do? The power of the scriptures to answer our personal problems is beyond our comprehension. The answers for your problems personally are often 
in the priesthood revelation. So the more I, the more I understand that, and the more I avail myself of this incredible tool that is the scriptures, the more I answer my personal problems. Find the circumstance. When, where in the scriptures was someone in this same circumstance? And what was the revelation? You see how you're gonna spend the rest of your life studying these books? Help the world see that they have the answers for whatever circumstance you're in. Leave you with my witness that the brilliance of the scriptures is that he put them all there. And then he scrambled it up and he put it in a box with no picture. And so we're doing a puzzle blindly. And there's value in that. And there's great value in doing it. But I promise you, all the answers are in the box. In 30 years, I have never seen a student who hasn't found their circumstance in the scriptures. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.